Welcome everyone to Rock Buzz, Ocean Pines Community Podcast. I am Sherry Clifford and I am here with my co-host Amy Peck. The views and opinions expressed in this program are those of the speakers and do not necessarily represent the views of our guests or others, nor are we affiliated with the Ocean Pines Association. Our mission is to bring factual news and information to the residents and homeowners of Ocean Pines and the surrounding areas. You can join the ROC's Facebook group by searching for Ocean Pines ROC or find us on Twitter and Instagram. Also be sure to look for the official ROC logo. If you have news or would like to share your story on Rock Buzz, or if you would like to advertise with us, you can visit our website, OceanPinesROC.com, or email us at info at OceanPinesROC.com. Today we are talking about Worcester County Public Schools and school safety. In this podcast, we will hear from a very informative guest, education consultant, Mr. John Huber of MarylandK12.com where we will be learning about his work and what he thinks. So let's start with some good news first. Well, there is good news to talk about. Many of Ocean Pines families decided to live here because of our excellent schools. According to the data for this school year, Worcester County Public Schools enrolls 6,711 students in their 14 public schools. The district is highly rated. Much of this ranking is due to the test scores, with the county schools being ranked within the top 20% of all 25 school districts in Maryland. Now, that ranking is based off of proficiency testing data, which can be found by visiting the Maryland Public Schools report card. The scores show that Worcester County Public Schools in Maryland have an average math proficiency score of 30% versus the Maryland Public School average of 19% and they have reading proficiency scores of 44% versus the 36% statewide average. Our public schools also offer a lower student-teacher ratio of 12 to 1 versus the Maryland public average of 14 to 1 and a graduation rate of 92%. It's important to note that testing scores and rankings aren't the only indications of a school's quality, and there are other factors to consider. Of utmost importance to the parents is school safety. Are our Worcester County schools safe? There appears to be current discord between the Worcester County school system and the law enforcement. Let's do a quick overview of some of what the two sides are saying. Let's start with what the law enforcement is saying. So, recently you might have heard that Worcester County's top law enforcement officials, State's Attorney Chris Heiser and Sheriff Matt Christoffi, have expressed concerns about the safety of our schools. These concerns revolve around what they've identified as, quote, consistent lack of notification to law enforcement about criminal activity and delinquent acts occurring at school or by students, end quote. Law enforcement expressed disappointment in the county boards of education's response to their school safety concerns. The sheriff and the state's attorney were very clear When they said, quote, at this point in time, we are in possession of evidence proving that there have been and continue to be repeated and at times intentional violations of Maryland state law by school officials in failing to notify law enforcement of criminal misconduct and delinquent acts occurring within Worcester County public schools. 
We would like to provide the board and legal counsel with this evidence privately and outside of the presence of school officials in a closed special session, end quote. According to law enforcement, before this school year began, the sheriff's office provided training to school administrators and the sheriff's office then conducted community outreach about the changes and released a smartphone app to allow community members to anonymously report any concerns. A letter from them states, quote, We were hopeful that this school year would provide a fresh start and a renewed dedication by school officials to safety protocols and mandatory notifications to law enforcement, as outlined in these written guidelines and policies. Unfortunately, we continue to witness the ongoing failures in communication and notification with several violent and disturbing incidents and corresponding lack of notification to law enforcement by school officials, even during this first few weeks of school. It has become quite clear that no progress will be made by school officials without greater involvement and specific direction from the Board of Education to whom they are directly accountable, end quote. Heiser and Christoffi said that the negative impact of the actions of school officials on the ability to maintain safe schools could not be overstated. The schools are saying something different. School officials claim the schools are safe. Worcester County Public Schools Manager of School Safety, Sean Goodard, said, quote, We can't choose our crisis, but we can choose how we handle a crisis, end quote. Chief Safety and Academic Officer Dr. Annette Wallace stated that all staff in the Worcester County Public Schools are prepared to handle any emergency. She explains, quote, there's five different response protocols. There's hold, cure, lockdown, evacuate, and all of our staff has this on their lanyard, so they have it easily accessible. In a statement, the Board of Education of Worcester County said, quote, It is important that everyone understands that it is this board's opinion that this is not a matter of truth versus fiction, but rather a clear breakdown in communication between the sheriff, state's attorney, and the school system's executive team. This needs immediate attention and correction. The board does not agree with the characterization that our schools are unsafe or that there has been consistent unreported violence. This is not accurate, end quote. Education officials maintain that the schools are safe and cite a, quote, gross failure, end quote, in communication as the reason for the current discord between the two. There have been an an announcement of the formation of a school safety task force. The updated MOU came after Heiser and Christoffi shared concerns with the school system. Todd Ferrante President of the Board of Education stated in October that school officials said that they were comfortable with the new MOU. Furthermore, it was stated in a letter, quote, quite obviously law enforcement cannot enforce the law when they are not notified that the law has been broken, end quote. The president stated, quote, we take matters of safety and security very seriously, and we will ensure that our school system community can rest assured that our schools are safe centers for learning, end quote. So let's bring in our guest, John Huber, to weigh in. John, can you tell our listeners a little bit about your background? Sure. I have uh, 30 plus years in education. Um, Right now, it's probably, I was thinking the other day, it's probably like my 
32nd, 33rd year in education, 30 years in, in um, Baltimore County, 15 years as a teacher, 15 years as an administrator. The, the administrator portion of that was all at the building level as an assistant principal. Dealt with, you, you name it, I've, uh, I've, I've dealt with suspensions, expulsions. Um, I managed a lot of critical incidents, that sort of thing. I've dealt with a lot of SROs. I have a master's degree in education administration from Goucher College. Recently, I've been doing um, some consulting. Uh, I've been working, doing some presentations uh, at uh, some national conferences. I was in Las Vegas this past summer. I uh, did a presentation there at the uh, National School Safety Conference, specifically on on this topic, you know, relationships between schools and SROs, that sort of thing. So I, I feel I'm pretty pretty well experienced and educated, and um, you know, I'm, I'm pretty qualified to speak on, on the topic, I think. So there does appear to be a disconnect between law enforcement and the schools. Now, is it just communication, or do you think it's a difference in philosophical approaches? Well, you know, when I, when I saw that, because that's what the, the board and their, their response to when, when, the, when the sheriff initially brought, and, and the state's attorney, when they initially brought out their concerns, um, their first response was communication, difference in philosophical approaches, you know, maybe but um, something tells me that there's more to it. And, and again, I don't, have any first, I don't have any firsthand knowledge of any of this stuff here. This is just, you know, just like the average citizen. I'm reading what comes out and I'm, you know, kind of basing my opinion on that. I, I think that there's, there's more to it. I think that there are, again, my personal opinion, I think that there were some issues that some crimes were committed. And I think that the school and the school board probably determined for whatever reasons that maybe they didn't rise to the level of reporting them to the to the SROs or the SRDs as as we call them down here. And and like I said before, you know, in some of the, the things I've written in the local papers, if that's the case, then they need to say so. You know, I I just feel that they're just they in their first response, which is kind of where that, you know, where that came from, their first response was they, they didn't even address it. They just said lack of communication, difference of philosophical approaches, you know, that sort of thing. So my personal opinion is I tend to think that it leans more towards there's something going on here and they're just, you know, not willing to, to, to come out and, and admit that there's that there's some issues according to what the sheriff and state's attorney said. So, John, do you think the formation of a school task force uh, is going to solve the problem? That's a great question. Thank you. <laughs> Um, I don't know if it's going to solve the problem. I, th- I think it's a, it's a good first step. But the interesting part there was, was this kind of lukewarm invitation of to include the sheriff and the, and the state's attorney on the committee. And, and maybe I'm misinterpreting that. It, it, it certainly seems like a, a, a good first step. They got some, um, you know, some folks on the board who are willing to sit on this task force. The interesting thing about that task force is if you read through the board statements, in one of the statements, in, in the initial one, where they said we're going to consider this task force, and they listed the you know the charge of, of the committee, if you will. One of them in there said one one of the purposes or or one of the tasks was to bring in someone, and I can't remember the exact wording to to bring in an expert to look at certain groups of students and the and the limitations of discipline on those particular students. They're talking about special ed. So special ed 504, that sort of thing. So that to me indicates that there, there, you know, there's, there's just a lot going on here from a lot of different angles from the state level and whatnot. So the task force, I, I think it's, it's, it's a good first step. There's no question. But there's a lot of moving parts to those task force. So. Well, there are incidents nationwide. Can you give our listeners some of the data? 
Yeah, yeah, sure. Um, the, the, the data basically is showing that fewer incidents are being reported to law enforcement that are actually occurring. 1920 school year, for example, 77% of public schools nationwide reported at least one incident, you know, amounts to about a, you know, a million and a half incidents. But only 47% of those were reported, um, leaving about 480-some thousand unreported cases. The percentage of schools reporting incidents consistently exceeded the percentage reporting them, um, particularly in, in cases of violent incidents, serious violence, theft, that sort of thing. Public schools reported 19 violent incidents per 1,000 students, but only five incidents per 1,000 students were reported. And that really questions um, about, that, that raises a, a, a lot of questions when, you know, according to the data, there's all these incidents are occurring, but less than half in many cases are, are just not being reported. Yeah. Sometimes it's only a third of them yeah, being yeah, reported. Yeah. Okay. So what do you think is making the problem worse in the schools and the reporting of these incidents? That really, in, in my opinion, is the crux of the, of the issue. I, I know that in Maryland, they monitored that, that data we were speaking of. That's national data. But in Maryland, they monitor suspension data and they monitor arrest data like, like, <laughs> like there's no tomorrow. Mm-hmm. And particularly when you talk about minorities, they are monitoring that data so closely. And schools face enormous pressures from the state level to not suspend kids, to not have kids, when I say have kids arrested, you know, it's, it's not the school's decision on whether a kid gets arrested, it's, it's the SROs, but the schools are very concerned about increased number of students being arrested in their system because their data goes up, the state takes note. So I just believe that that's part of the issue. I think that the county is just and I mentioned this in, in one of the letters I, I wrote to some, some of the local papers that they just, this, at the state level, there's enormous pressure on these school boards to really be mindful of, of suspension and, and arrest in particular. So anything they can do to help soothe that over, they're, they're going to try and do that. Well, underreporting crimes, mm-hmm. not just in school, but anywhere, it makes communities appear safer than they really are. Yeah, yeah. I, I've said um, it's very simple to correct the problem, you know. If, if they look at the data and say, boy, there's, uh, we got a lot of people uh, speeding on Ocean Parkway, right? It's a very simple fix. Stop giving tickets on people on Ocean Parkway and then, you know, wait a couple months ago. Hey, look. You <laughs> Went <know."> down. <laughs> <laughs> but did it really go down? No. It just, you know, you're giving fewer tickets. So it's, it's the same principle here. You know, the sheriff could very easily correct the data by stop arresting people. And he could go, oh, look. Our arrest numbers are down. Everything is safe. But we all know that that's, that's not what's happening. And the schools are in, in the same situation. So you, you, you have to look at those numbers. I've always believed, I've said it many, many times, you, you, we need to address the need for suspension. We need to address the need for student arrest and not address suspension itself. Because like I said, those are easily fixed, but it's the need that becomes difficult to address. Well, I, in doing my research, I saw back in 2013, um, the O'Malley administration, we're going back a while, uh, they in Maryland introduced new standards for student discipline in public Mm -hmm. schools. Now, what did that do to the whole problem? That's kind of where this, the the whole, when I, when I talked earlier about how they're, they're getting enormous pressures from the state, it kind of started right there. The state wanted a more therapeutic approach, a more restorative approach, as opposed to a, a punitive approach. And as a result, school systems became more and more reluctant 
to um, just, I don't want to say reluctant. I mean, if a kid needs to be suspended, they're going to suspend them. Mm-hmm. But they really started looking a lot closer at kids who were potentially suspended who should not have been suspended or kids who were referred to an SRO who were not to be, you know, no one wants to arrest <laughs> and suspend kids. But it changed the whole outlook back in 2013 um, to a to a more restorative and therapeutic approach. And it really kind of changed the whole thing. For, for example, you know, when I was in Baltimore County before this, Baltimore County used to lead the, I mean, they led the majors in, <laughs> in, uh, in suspensions and those sort of things. And I don't want to say they were proud of it, but they, it really didn't bother them. But then all of a sudden, this comes along and it did bother them. Um, it's like we need, and, and maybe rightfully so, you know, no one wants to just kick kids out of school. Of course not. But it just made everyone, you know, take a, a, a different approach. So it had some good things in it that I liked specifically in, in this 13, 14 change of philosophies, if you will, I like the fact that it made everyone, me at the time, because I was, I was uh, you know, I was right there on the front lines. Absolutely. It made you take a second look. You know, do we really need to be suspending all these kids? Do we really need to be? Of course not. You know, of course. And, and common sense kind of started weaning its way throughout to reduce the, the number of unneeded. But I think it's gotten to the point now where some things are just being not reported. Some things are being not dealt with when perhaps they should, or because of that whole change in philosophy back in 13, 14. I see that this is indeed a challenge. Uh, what do you recommend? Well, that's a tough one. I, I think the, the first thing that, you know, you know, bringing it back to the local level here with, um, with our sheriff, our state's attorney, I, I think they're starting to take the right first steps because since all of the the letters back and forth. There has been recently a letter where all three parties involved have come out and made a joint statement mm-hmm. that said, you know, we're starting to work together on this. So that's that's terrific. So these meetings have continued, obviously, and they are they apparently are they're, they're making some progress and that's that's always a good thing. So that's the first step is you have to communicate, but probably the most the very difficult thing is finding that balance of disciplining kids, porting it to the SRO and suspending kids. And, and then, of course, the sheriff and, and, and his folks decide if, if kids are going to be arrested and removed from school. Just finding that right balance to make sure that everything is being applied equally and equitably. I mean, you, you, you have got to make sure everyone's treated uh, equally. They're on the right track. I, I, I hope that it continues. And, and I look for, based on what I'm seeing, I look for a, a more detailed statement coming out to say some of the specifics like uh, the sheriff recently or I'm saying recently this year that he had that app I think that had a lot to do with starting all this he, yeah he, he created that app and I think parents were just you know just just sending things like crazy so the answer to, to the question it's it's about communication and clearly defining maybe the MOU the memorandum needs to be uh, revisited mm-hmm. um, because it was revisited last year and according to the sheriff it wasn't you know, enforced on the school end. So, you know, maybe that means needs to be revisited. The balance needs to be um, to be maintained. But I, I think they're on the right track. But it's all about communication and finding that balance. So what I hear you saying is by addressing the root causes and, and fostering real open reporting that working together, the two sides can definitely create a safer learning environment for all the students. Yeah, absolutely. Especially, you know, you said the root causes. Like I said, you know, with the with the example in the you know Ocean Parkway, you can address the the, the results very quickly. 
you can suspend kids, you can arrest kids, or you can stop suspending kids and stop arresting kids and watch that, you know, but that's not going to help anybody. The root causes are the need for suspension, the need for arrest. Why are they acting that way? And that's a tough one, you know, and it's, it's, it's a tough one to deal with. And but. that could be anything from student-teacher ratios, which are actually better here yeah, in are. our county than they are in the state. Yes, sir. So there, there's a lot of different solutions here. But absolutely, safety and security of the students is the top priority. Mm-hmm. So where do you see the two sides standing right now? Well, that's that's hard to say. Like I said earlier, the good news is that apparently they've, there's some some uh, you know quality communication going on between the three sides because they did release a statement. All three of them were on it. They said, you know, we've uh, I forget what the exact words. It was fairly short, but it was it was it was pretty pointed that we're working together, we're making some progress and whatnot. So I think I would expect to see something hopefully. And like I said, I have, I have no, uh, no inside uh, scoop on this whatsoever. Um, I would sus- suspect that within the next few weeks, there would be uh, hopefully some more details about maybe some different programs they're working on mm-hmm. or, or you know, some type of steps forward. So John, if our listeners want to learn more, how do they reach you? Um, you can go on my website, MarylandK12.com. Pretty pretty easy to remember. Um, and on there, you can hit the contact, or you can you know send me an email at uh, John at Maryland K twelve. Just uh, reach out to me that way. I'm on Facebook. Uh, you know, I got some things on LinkedIn, Twitter. I haven't really figured the Instagram thing out yet. That's that's a little weird. Huh? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, we can help you with that. Uh, I don't know, but any you know any of those things. I'm out there. Just uh, you know, go to Maryland K twelve. Probably be your first step. All right, because the Maryland Education Network consists of blogs videos, and lots of interaction among K through 12 community. So John, we really appreciate you coming into the Rock Buzz studio today and speaking to our listeners. Now, if you would like to be a guest, advertise with us or have a story idea you want us to cover, please email us at info at oceanpinesroc.com. And as always, thank you for listening to Rock Buzz, your community podcast.